God has been so wild lately. He doesn't seem to listen. He doesn't obey my commands, and we can't even bribe him with trees. He's gotten so out of hand, he may even have to be put down. God is not the problem here. The problem is the people who want to be the leader of the pack. We reintroduce God. We retrain people. You're listening to The God Whisperers. Welcome to The God Whispers. I'm Craig D'Onofrio. And I'm Bill Swirla. Today we're talking about law and gospel again. We will be for the next few weeks, I think. <laughs> we're just going to beat on this for That's a while. That's right. <laughs> we're, we're uh, well, there's law and then there's gospel. And sometimes it's hard to distinguish between the two, isn't it? Oh, uh, this is this is a this is the the, <laughs> the casual reading, uh, and I, I emphasize the word casual. Uh, the casual reading of C. F. W. Walther's classic, uh, "The Proper Distinction of the Law and the Gospel." Once again, if you're playing the home game, if you don't have the book, you can go online and find it at LutheranTheology.com, and uh, look on the side. There's like something that says. Theology, or or something like that. And, I need to uh, I need to remember to put a link to then that. You, uh, then you you click on that and look for. Hang on, I'm going back to the to the homepage here, and my internet is slow. Dun, 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 dun. Theological works on the left hand side. Click on that. You'll see at the very top the, CFW Walther proper distinction between law and gospel. You click on that, and it takes you to. The book. I'll put a. Li- I need to put a link up on that. I'll. I'll add that to the God Whispers um, website. LutheranTheology.com. There you go. And the God Whispers home site, of course, is GodWhispers.org or oh, yeah, .com. Those guys. Yeah, those guys. Yeah, that's us. And uh, you have the phone number. The phone number. I was waiting for you to give the email, but well, we're mixing. We're it up. all jumbled up. We're I don't even know what's we're, going on now. We're shuffling the deck here today. The phone number: area code six two six five nine three seventy seven thirteen, or Manly Doctors thirteen. That's us. That's us. And the email bill is godwhispers at gmail dot com. That's the one. And we've been getting some some good uh, good. Emails, especially regarding the law and the gospel thing. So we have, but I'm I'm upset with you folks for not calling the hotline. <laughs> you really want to hear? We, people. we need You've the got hotline. A, I, I'm 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 audio guy. What, what happened? To all, what happened to all your friends who are supposed to be calling the uh, the God Whispers hotline? I have friends, mm. acquaintances, um, chat buddies. I don't know. We <laughs> maybe <laughs> you're. I, just, you're you're the closest thing I have to a friend. Bill. Oh gosh, you and Rufus. <laughs> oh no, man, that's 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 depressing. <laughs> now, now I'm depressed. I'm suitably depressed in Lent. Speaking of, how, how's your how's your uh, bacon on Mondays in Lent going? Uh, uh, you know, I I have to admit I've fallen down on uh, my. I can't even observe bacon Mondays the, on Lent very faithfully. Those disciplines are rough, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, <laughs> I've, I've the spiritual disciplines are just really hard hard to keep up I, I've, I've gone to sushi wednesdays though sushi wednesdays that that's yeah. nice sushi wednesdays uh, my friend brent he actually took my place in my band back in the day uh-huh called me about a year year and a half ago out of the blue and said you're a lutheran pastor i said yeah he said i'm a lutheran now <laughs> and uh he converted to lutheranism all on his own and uh so he lives up near the church in pasadena he lives in glendale and comes to worship on wednesdays and then we go have a cigar and sushi afterwards. Ooh, properly observing. Uh, hopefully, in the other order. Um, 
depends, you oh. know, on how hungry we are. Oh, a cigar point. before sushi? Mm, Man, no, that is that is that is felicitating. That oh uh, uh, no, I, I no, I'm sorry. I, Man, you know you Germans and your delicate palate. German, nothing. I'm a foodie, man. I delicate mean, oh gosh, that. a cigar followed by sushi. It is heretical. Actually, Brent got a, a sinus infection, so we've been doing sushi without the cigar. The last uh, couple. See of weeks, now, so. there. That, that's yeah. that, that's much better. I really, I really, really like the idea of sushi Wednesdays. Though sushi Wednesdays is good. Yeah, yeah. So we have Bacon Monday, Sushi Wednesday, and I think Sushi Wednesday should be followed with Sushi Friday <laughs> since it's Fish Friday. Yeah. We'll, we'll keep Fish well, Friday. Well, that was the original idea. We, My wife actually has been intentionally uh, frying bacon on Mondays. Beautiful. I, I didn't even bring it up, and, and all of a sudden I'm working in my study, and I'm uh, in through the study comes the smell of, yes, Bacon. <laughs> a man with a good wife has a good thing. <laughs> and so she's she's keeping the discipline of bacon on Monday. I got a note from a from somebody I know who's uh she's the daughter of a the you know pig farmer back in the Midwest. Um her name's Kelly and, and she was thanking me for keeping the family business going. <laughs> <laughs> well we, we need to figure out who they where they market their uh, bacon to and, and plug them, I guess, as far as uh, Well, I you know maybe maybe hard to kind of track the pig once once it's converted into they, bacon. They don't put GPS on the bacon. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> now um yeah, this and and then I've just noticed from Facebook activity a lot of people boasting uh, uh, bacon activities, uh, some in, in rather uh, indulgent excess. Nice, you know? <laughs> nice. I can't wait for people's uh, cholesterol reports to be coming in. <laughs> we're going to start getting notes. <laughs> what are you trying to do to me? Well, we're, we're recording on uh, what is this, March nineteenth, or Monday the twenty thousand. It is. It is. Let's see. It's. It is a Friday. Right. Uh, we're probably not going to do sushi, but it is March nineteenth. March nineteenth. Yeah. And I got on the internet looking for something goofy or zany that happened today. Nothing, <laughs> Nothing. goofy or zany <laughs> happened on March nineteenth. Maybe we can make something happen. It was, it was all. You know. Uh, on this date, the uh, Academy Awards were first televised in nineteen fifty something. That was one of the. Mm. You know. And it, so. You know, I'm I'm looking for something truly, truly shocking, but nothing. So, if any of you have been up to anything shocking on March 19th, please write us. <laughs> right. Need to fill in that blank in history. Let, let us know because this is a very boring day in history. Hmm. Need to do a little bit more research on that. I think. Yeah, I tried two different sites, but got nothing. How's your Lent going? Lent's going pretty well. I'm just exhausted. You're exhausted. I have. Uh, Tuesday night Bible study at a cigar lounge, which is fantastic. <laughs> Hopefully not followed by sushi. Wednesday, I'm I'm in Pasadena, uh, basically 12 to 14 hour day Wednesday. Thursday night, I have church. And uh, tonight, I have to go to a guy night down at Faith uh, Lutheran Church, Capo Beach. Where, a, a guy night? Yeah, where we'll watch uh, Raging Bull and uh, eat meat. So, <laughs> uh, What is this, a bunch of... It's just a bunch of guys, huh? Yeah, a bunch of guys at Faith uh, Lutheran Church. What's, the, what's the demographic Beach. there? Uh, dudes. Um, <laughs> That's not a demographic. <laughs> <laughs> you, you have ages for are dudes. Uh, are dudes like the California equivalent of a bloke in Australia? A bloke, yeah. yeah. Lads, you know? Lads. All the lads, yeah. Well, lads. Uh, I, well, some of the let's guys, say blokes. Okay, some of the but. guys bring their sons. I'd say ages 12 to, what's Steve, like 85? How See, old is he? What, my dive buddy? Yeah. yeah he's, he's pushing 90. Yeah, 90, yeah. something like that. So, yeah. <laughs> we love you, Steve. If you're listening. Yeah. He's now, not listening. Now you'll get he a, never listens. Now you'll get a know. Skype call. Now he doesn't listen to this show. No, he doesn't he's care. He's got better things to do, like cook bacon. Yeah, right. <laughs> <clears throat>
Steve. So yeah, good old Steve. <laughs> <laughs> so Lent, Lent's going. You're exhausted. Lent's you're, going good. You're but burning. I'm... You're burning your your. I was going to say your Advent candles at both ends, but my this Lent, is Lent. There are yeah. no candles in Lent. My Lent candles, whatever those are. Yeah. It's, you how's, know, how's yours going? What, what, uh, what are you up to? You got any uh, busyness and shenanigans? This is the I time have, of year where people decide that they're going to get sick and die, which I think is very rude to die during Lent. Oh, yeah, and Holy Week. Yeah, it's oh, so gosh. rude. Yeah, no, it can happen, too. Um, no, I, in fact, they, I had a, I had a, friend, a friend of mine died this year ago, last year, is, is you know, square in the middle of Lent slash Holy Week. That's, that's not good. Um, and and then again, it's very good. You know? Can't you I mean, people wait? <laughs> it, it's it's very good though, in in the sense of it's just that's that's what it's all about. It's about death and resurrection. So. Yeah, but we're busy enough. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Listen, I, God whispers, fans out there, or should I say, fan? Yeah. Uh, when you die, don't do it during Advent, Lent, Holy Week. If Christmas. only you could pencil just, it in. It's like the Day of the Lord. You know, you just can't pencil that in. No, don't do it. Just just say no. The, uh, no, it's, it's been it's been a, it's been good. Uh, we've been doing a catechetical series at church, and th- this was actually the first year in 17 years that that I've uh, decided to have the divine service on Wednesday evening, and uh, instead of evening prayer, vespers, or something like that, and 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 that's been that's been good. I got the dribble glass over here. I noticed that you yeah, just poured you just poured, poured lemonade down. You the front are of me. you're just a mess over there. But thank goodness <laughs> this is radio. I've got the face for radio. But um, so you're doing uh, you're doing the full service on Wednesdays. Yeah, kind of a, a reduced, partially spoken service, but uh, <gasps> but it's good. It's good. Reduced. No, actually, all the pieces are there. It's just not done with the great pomp and ceremony. <laughs> that I normally do. <laughs> yeah, well, that's true. You you do put out quite a quite a spectacle. I do not actually. I mean, I, I've seen spectacles, yes, and I do does. I do not produce the no, spectacle. You do, you do. Uh, so, okay, we've. Blown. What are you doing for Palm Sunday? Uh, palms. You, do you process? Do you kind of wander no, we do around the, the we church? We do the procession. We start outside of the, the church. Wander around the neighborhood. Stop off at the Armenian deli. We do. A, I just ate there, by the way. That that the the the, uh, the the Armenian deli across the street. There's uh, so I can never pronounce. Can't it pronounce right. that Sor- name. Sor- Sor- Lano, yeah, it is. I was there last week. Really? Yeah, just kind of popped right in. What were you doing in Pasadena? Oh, we were hanging, hanging we had, in Pasadena. Yeah, well, we had house guests over, just kind of going around, you know, yeah. hanging in Pasadena. So who knew? But it was cool. Um, did you but, go hit any of the museums in Pasadena? Uh, no, we we did the Huntington Gardens though. That's a museum. Yeah, we didn't do the museums in the Huntington Gardens. Just just the gardens. We did the gardens. All the right. gardens were gorgeous. The day was great, but. Uh, um, actually, I think that was a fail day. We that, that that day that day we were going to, but we discovered they were closed. <laughs> womp, 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 womp. Love the. Have you ever been there, Huntington Garden? Oh yeah, I love the place. Awesome place. We used, to, we used to be members, and then they they but they were never they were closed on Monday, and Monday right. Monday's my play day. Yeah, and so we said, well, we you know that's not doing any good, and and so we came on a Tuesday. And uh, they're closed on Tuesday now. It's perfectly miserable in August, though. Oh, hot. Like yeah. Foothills, yeah. 510 degrees, Nasty. and you're trying to enjoy the outdoors, not good. But uh, but the guy at the Armenian Deli knew you, and he recognized me. He said, oh, ah. you, you always come in here with the, the, and he's pointing to the church across the street. With the, with the fat guy across the street there. <laughs> I said, yeah. <laughs> 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 the guy was a real character, but uh, good place. Love that place. Well, what'd you get? Oh, just we got uh, some some uh, lamb. We got the lamb, the lamb the, shish kebab. 
Oh, very nice. Just kind of split. It was a mid-afternoon snack. You know, yeah. we, we were we were we were moving on, but we were hungry. Our Armenian euros are a little different. They are these these guys. I don't know what it is, but they insist on putting pickles in your euros. Yes, I noticed now, that. What's with the pickle? The pickle. The pickle sort of. It, it, in fact, the pickles appear kind of randomly and and arbitrarily yeah. all over yeah. the place. You know, and I, I've tried ordering it. You're, I said, you're no, going no. along. You're tooling fine. Then you all of a sudden you, you stop and you say, "Wait a minute." Is that a pickle? <laughs> and I say, no, no, I, I want the euro. I, I just don't want any pickles yeah. in it. No, you have to have pickles. Right, right. You have to. Oh, yeah, try to convince them otherwise. Gosh. You know, you'll start right, an incident. Fine, give me the pickles. And then you, <laughs> I take them back to my office and pull the pickles out. But there's, there's, no, always, there's no negotiations and they're diced, in that place. So it's hard to get them out. They're diced. And <laughs> then you got pickle juice all over your, yeah, it's not good. And a place was just packed with kids from the local. What what's the school? Marshall down the street. There, it, what yeah. is that? Is that a, that a middle school or it's, something? It's a uh, like a magnet school kind of place there. Yeah, because he's the... got he's got ice cream for dirt cheap there, and so the the they, the kids right. are just packed in there. And and uh... you never know that this is a school for the smart kids because they come by and do the stupidest stuff. <laughs> oh, that's a smart kid school. Yeah, yeah. And, uh. You know, they litter all over the church. And then uh, we, we had the marquee sign out front before we got the cell tower up. And uh, the kids would come by. We didn't have a lock on it. So they come by and rearrange all the letters. They are really bright because they came up with some really crude and funny stuff. Good. <laughs> using, using only the existing letters <laughs> only available the existing to letters, them. Yeah. But it, it's a two-sided thing, so they have extra letters nice. to, to work with. Well, and, and also the, with, with the ability to text speak, you know, the, right. the, that kind of text yeah. shorthand. You can go a long ways with, a, with very few letters. Uh, yeah. And <laughs> so. <laughs> so I thought maybe these kids are brighter than the average kid because they, they did some very unique and vulgar stuff. It's a creativity that needs to be channeled, which is what my English teacher in sophomore year high school said of me. <laughs> <laughs> now, I, I feel okay by saying this because I know none of my parishioners actually listen to this show, but I laughed. One. I laughed before I took the letters down. I thought that it was quite funny. <laughs> yeah, I would have so. probably snapped a picture, <laughs> put it up on Facebook or something. <laughs> what What can I say? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and we, we, we stopped in the, uh, the, 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 the deli grocer, too. That's down the block from you. Love that place. I, I don't know. The oh name yeah, of yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. know the you name of that the place. Bulk uh, olives. You get bulk and everything. And all that. You yeah, get bulk yeah. incense there, which which always cracks me up. You know, in case in case you know you're running a little bit low on your rock frankincense for uh, for your devotions or something. Right there, right with the spices. They just have bags of of incense. Is that like crack incense or something? <laughs> kind <laughs> of. It lo- sort of looks like it. But but uh, no, it's in fact that's the stuff we use at church when we do break out the incense is from that Armenian deli. Hmm. I also do, got some... do they have the hypoallergenic stuff there? I've never looked at their incense. No, they don't have hyper. What do you mean hypoallergenic? There's there's that hyper hypoallergenic. Uh, I'll tell you uh, secret. I'll tell you tell you the secret to incense. Get the pure rock frankincense. Yeah. If it has any other stuff in there. Like, I got this stuff from the Holy Rude Guild, which is kind of like, it's sort of like potpourri. How rude. Yeah. Well, it's got, you know, it's got orange. I mean, it's nice. I like this it's kind of a spicy orange sort of smell. Mm-hmm. Makes people hack and cough and wheeze. In fact, I used it at a, a pastor's conference a few years ago to kick off the pastor's conference. I lost about a dozen people just, just you know, or just passing out from the fumes See, of that See, I'm stuff. one of those guys. I love the incense, but it just kills me. My, I, by the time that, that the service is over, my sinuses are right. just aching. Now, my brother, my, my, my brother in office, Paul, who's in our, our circuit, he, uh, he suffers from asthma and mm-hmm. stuff, but he loves incense, so mm-hmm. it's not a psychological thing. I think there's a lot of psychological stuff going on with Lutherans because, you know, when you break out that incenser, 
you know, you could just have a coal in there and they'll start hacking. You, you don't even need, right, you don't yeah. need, you just, in fact, you don't even need a coal. Just swing an empty incenser around. <laughs> no smoke, nothing coming out. And everybody goes, <laughs> you know, I mean, but that's, a, that's, that's, that's just being Lutheran. I, that has nothing to do with being Lutheran for me. I, I'm allergy boy. You, you hear me? Oh yeah, sneezing and no, cacking no, no, all you're the just, time here. But but but, uh, but Paul Paul who who suffers from asthma loves incense, loves the liturgical things. So there's mm-hmm. not a bias. He he basically tipped me off. He says just go with the plain rock frank rock frankincense. Just and, and that doesn't seem to mess him up, huh? No. Um. And and it's it's you know it's got a fine it's it's got the classic incense smell which you associate uh you know not with the Buddhist temple but with you know like like Orthodox or or Roman Catholic or something. Um. But because it doesn't have any of these botanicals in there, hmm. that's what sets off the problem is the botanicals. It's botanicals, just a pure it's just huh? a pure resin. And uh, and and it's fine. So just uh, hop on over, you know, down the road, down the yeah. It's like four doors down. From yeah, you the church. Just walk not, walk yeah. right right down there and uh, grab some of that. I'd have to drive. We, it's, yeah. it's Los Angeles. You have to drive. Like, you know, it's it's a it's, it's like a, LA, it's like L.A. story with Steve Martin. Right. It's he, about a hundred yards. So he, I have to drive it. He gets in the car and drives to his neighbor's <laughs> two doors house. down. Yeah. <laughs> That's almost me going to church. I live I live about uh, you know, six or seven blocks from church. You, you could seriously ride a bike to church. Oh, easily. Sure. Yeah. No, a, a bike. I don't like walking because it is an ugly, ugly walk. It is. It is. You've you've done it. I mean, you've 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 been on foot in and, my and in you, my neighborhood. You'll, you'll get shot in that area there, there will be there will be a crime of some sort i <laughs> robbed beaten panhandled to death you know i mean that yeah, that, that's that, that's true that stretch is the only stretch i know where you can literally be panhandled to death this i i was pulling off the freeway on allen avenue where my church is and uh, I had the windows down it was a nice day and there's a guy panhandling on the far corner from me he started screaming at me Give me some money, you cheap son of a, you know, he's, he's cussing me out because I'm just driving and I didn't notice him and I'm supposed to be, you know, oh, well, excuse me, I'm obviously supposed to be giving you money, but we understand that there's a reason why he's standing out there and it's because he's probably not too right in the head. So. You know, in, 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 the, in, in, in the Bible, uh, both Old and New Testament, in the culture and day of Jesus, uh, begging was considered to be a, a vocation. Right, yeah. It, it was, you know, if you could not do anything else, uh, you know, like, like the blind, like blind Bartimaeus or, or Lazarus, you know, if, 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 this is, if this is where you ended up, it was still considered to be honorable to, to beg. But something tells me, that they weren't sitting on the street corner cussing out the people. <laughs> I just well, one of the things that I've noticed in Pasadena is just rife with panhandlers, and I don't understand it because it's money where you have to be a bajillionaire to live there. Well, that's why much. though. That's why. And and so these, but I see the same people for five years now on the same street corners every day. And and I think you know if you can stand out there for six hours. Oh, Rufus is going to get started up here. If <laughs> he's you winding can, up. He's, there, yeah, there's that cat. All Get right. that cat. So um, anyway, if if you can stand out there for six hours, five days a week, and you have enough discipline to do that, I can imagine you could sweep up a, a warehouse somewhere or something. Yeah, but but you look, you know, and I know that uh, that at least with this, you know, it's tax free. 
Well, that's what I was thinking also. <laughs> they they may actually have something on us. It's, it's I, good I, I money and it's tax free. You know, I don't say that it isn't hard work. It is. It, it would be. It would be hard work to constantly approach people, put up with the uh, you know the 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 abuse and everything else, and and uh, I, I it's just being out out in the sun all day. Well, I I think maybe our lovely Congress and state legislature need to look into taxing the panhandlers. (laughs) You you need to report that money. Have you paid your panhandling tax? So uh, thesis two, we've we've kids. That would be a a 15% uh, uh, self-employment tax. On top of whatever. It's like, like, have you you put your quarterlies in? (laughs) They may actually find that sweeping that warehouse would be uh, a little preferable to that. Ask that that the next time time you you, you give some money to one of those guys, say, um, have you paid your quarterlies are you, yet? Are you reporting this? Because I'd, <laughs> I'd hate to help you break the law. Right. That would be bad. So uh, uh, thesis two. Such compassion we're showing here. On law and gospel. You see know that see I, how I'm pushing on to this, but Swirla will not allow it. See this? My my general practice is is <laughs> is to, to give... One time, I gave I gave somebody all my quarters in my stash my stash o quarters. Yeah, I keep two dollars and quarters in that little coin slot thing in, ah, my, in yeah. my in my car at all times because parking is like you know a dollar a minute uh-huh. around here, and so so you never know when you're gonna need parking. But at one time, I mean, for some reason, the, the 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 person really moved me, and so I rolled down my window. I said, "Dude, I said I've got nothing. I'm a married man. I don't carry cash, you know. In general, sometimes I don't even carry my wallet. But uh, but I said I I've got uh, I got two bucks and quarters of my parking money. <laughs> he was very thankful, but he I mean he he wasn't cussing me out, so he was. Cool. Well, it's. Do you feel funny when you when you pass people by? Like that, and you're wearing your clerical. Nah, I just flip them off. Oh, okay. You're you're, you're a different kind of guy than, than I am. I, no, of course I do. I have kind don't, of don't you? Of course I do. I have do. pangs. Yeah, um, I do too. That's why I whip off my collar real quick and act like a guy in a black shirt. <laughs> right. Oh, I I do try to give whenever. Yeah, I had an interesting experience speaking of giving. I had some guy roll up to the church. Literally, he was in one of these these uh, powered wheelchair things. And he rolls up to my study, rolls into my study, and hands me five $20 bills. I hope, wow. they're, I hope they're good. I, I, I don't know if they're any good or not. But his story was uh, things have been good for him lately, and uh, I don't know whether his dot-com business was, was soaring. But uh, he had some extra cash, and he was uh, distributing it to churches so that they could distribute it to others. And so I, you know, I said, Cool. You know, look. Wow, God bless his heart. And so I, I, I put the five twenties in my desk drawer, and uh, basically the principle was that the next five people who would ask for money, they get a twenty. Yeah. And I explained exactly where it came from. You know, this isn't from me. It's not from our church. It's from some guy who was sharing the, the excess of what the Lord had given to him to everybody else. So here it is, and it's kind of interesting. So if you see someone in a wheelchair, thank him. Because you never know. Might you, be you, you, you never really know. Angels in a wheelchair. I just gave my, I gave my last 20 away yesterday. Perhaps so. he traded in his wings for a wheelchair. I had some guy call me up. I love the ones that call you up on the phone. Calls me up. He needs $300. Oh, yeah. I don't I know that. him. You know, I, I don't know him from Adam. Who are you? I'm saying, you know, and he's got, he's, he's calling me up on the phone on the church's line says, I need $300. Could you bring it over to me? I'm at the, <laughs> I'm at the Denny's on seventh street. And I said, are you crazy? Yes, I am. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> I said, wait a minute. Let me parse the sentence. I don't know you. You don't know me. You've just randomly called me up. You're asking for 300 bucks. Working his way through the yellow pages. And you want me to come and deliver it to you. It's like, what? what is wrong with this Would picture? you like me to bring you a bottle of, of vodka or something while I'm at it? Maybe that would be nice, huh? Right. Let's have lunch, uh, you know. I had a lady call... Not too long ago, she wanted fourteen hundred dollars for her rent and her electrical. That That's a record. I have never, I've never fourteen hundred dollars. And I said, I've never, I've never had a request beyond a thousand. I said, we're a very poor church. We are probably going to close our doors in the not too distant future. Here, we're really struggling, and we we just don't have that kind of money laying around. She, once again, started cussing at me, called me a liar. <laughs> and hung up on me. Thing. Oh yeah, beautiful. Okay. You know, let, let, let me contrast this with with a, a video I saw of some monks from uh, Mount Athos or whatever. You know, one of these Orthodox monasteries, where where they had uh, one of the, one of the, uh, the 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 leading monks there at, at the um, at the monastery. Uh, their their service for the poor was they would have these baskets of of bread. They were like little fist sized loaves of bread mm-hmm. and eggs, hard boiled eggs. And so the poor would line up, and and this this old abbot or whatever he was would be handing out bread and and a hard boiled egg. Now, oh. see, that was kind of cool. I thought. You know, but I'm not sure that would fly with the guy who calls me up once 300 bucks delivered to him at a Denny's. <laughs> have, have you ever had this experience? I had this one before where you go to the supermarket and there's a guy panhandling out front. Yeah, oh, all the time. And and uh, he's like, hey, can you spare some change? And I said, well, I'm going in. I don't have any cash, but uh, I'll, I'll bring you out something. And, well, I haven't eaten in three days. You know, he gives you the whole story. Yeah, I'll get you a sandwich and, or something. And so I came out. I got one of those rotisserie chickens sure. and a bottle of orange juice. Yeah. And I brought it out, and I said, here you go. And he he kind of looked at me and got upset because I didn't give him cash. <laughs> and, and, I was really like, hoping. What am I supposed to do with this? It's like, we haven't eaten in three days, right? You so know, you, it's, you, <laughs> so you, where's my lotto ticket? Yeah. Yeah. So, good times. Good times. Yeah. It, it leaves you jaded. You're not sure who you can actually, in good conscience, give money to. This, and I, this I think, is my problem, is, yeah. is that over the years, and I noticed this the minute that I got into office, the minute that I settled into my study, the, the minute that my name went up on the signboard, that... Um, you know, you get this traffic that comes, and then you realize that there's a, there's a network. They know uh-huh. they they know when you're when you're giving, and they know when you're not. And uh, and so you know, you start doling out twenties and telling right. the story about the guy who gave you five twenties. You know, just out of the clear <clears> blue, <throat> and pretty soon you're, you're getting daily you're getting daily company. There's there's somebody you know coming in, and, and if you push them in conversation, they heard they heard on the street you're giving out money. And so my, uh, I'm here. My church in Missouri was kind of on Church Row. <clears throat> And uh, we'd have people that would just work church row. They'd go up and down, and, and you know, you could collect probably 100 150 bucks in an afternoon just going up and down church row. So we got kind of smart. All the churches got together, and we kind of developed a cooperative. And we'd take months where this month, if you need food or something, mm. you go to this church, and next month, this church. And if you came in, we would have you fill out a form with your name, and we'd photocopy your driver's license or whatever ID you had. And we'd put it on file. And so the file would go around from month to month. So if you're hitting up a church every week or something like that, you keep getting sent over to Trinity Lutheran Church that Uh, week. And it really, really cut down on the fraud. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know, the, the thing is I'm torn because because the church has always or, and should always be considered a place of mercy mm-hmm. and works of mercy um, both to both within and and outside the church are kind of the hallmark of, of you know, the, the church as opposed to a cold society that doesn't care about anybody. So, um, you know, I, I find myself in Lent repenting of this cynicism and just sort of saying, whatever they do with the money is whatever they do. Yeah, that's what but I'm not. Me. I'm not giving 300 bucks out on the basis of a phone call. <laughs> well, I have to be hard-hearted right now. We're out of time. Oh, we'll be right my. back after this. Welcome back to the God Whispers. I'm Craig D'Onofrio. And I continue to be Bill Swirlow. You know you still are. It's crazy. <laughs> Against my best efforts. It's nuts. It's, it's just crazy. I'm trying to be that. somebody else, but uh, it's just not working out for me. I got to be me. You got to be you. <laughs> it's like a Barney song or no, something. No, I got to be me. Yeah, I know. I, I got to be me. Yeah, ah. But uh, Show anyway, tunes. enough of that. Thesis two, we're going to actually do it, folks. After after I, a half hour of casuistry, chit chat, and generally irritating our hearers, if you noticed last half an hour, I attempted to get us onto it, but Swirla would have none of that. So I'm I'm just pointing that out. I had a point to make. Yes, mm. and you have a point on your head. But too. let's let's read thesis two. Only he is an orthodox teacher who not only presents all articles of faith in accordance with scripture but also rightly distinguishes from each other the law and the gospel. Wow. I almost said distinguishes right there. Yeah, <laughs> you, you, you did. You know, this is, this is, I think, a really significant point and something that distinguishes, to use that word again, mm-hmm. uh, Lutheran theology from, from Christian theology in general. So you're saying Lutheran theology isn't Christian? Well, I'm using the word Christian in in a rather broad uh, label, gen- generic sense. label. Sense. Yes, yes. That all 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 those theologies put together that uh, that claim to teach what the Scripture teaches. You know, mm-hmm. you've heard that. You grew up with that. That, yes, that was that was your geist. Was we teach what the Bible teaches, right? And Walter's saying here that's not enough. Yeah, yeah. You know, last night I was talking to Paula on our way home from our our house church. And uh, she was saying, you know, some of the fundy churches that she visited, the sermon would go on for 40 minutes, and it was more of a Bible study than a sermon. And I said, that's what what I grew up with. I didn't understand the difference between a Bible study and a sermon. The sermon is proclamation. The sermon is law and gospel. The sermon should go something like this. You stink, and Jesus died for stinkers. In in a nutshell, that would be law and gospel, hmm, right? I'm thinking, I'm mulling, I'm mulling this over. Are, are you saying that in the Bible study, you don't have to properly distinguish the law and the gospel? No, you don't have to. Hopefully you would. But you could simply go off into the syntax and all sorts of strange directions and never get around to actually law and gospel in the text. You hmm. can go off in all sorts of... Now, you're a Lutheran, hmm. 
So you would naturally gravitate toward law and gospel. <laughs> well, I, I, wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> that doesn't come naturally. Well, to because this is what you've been trained to do. I, I yeah, I mean, you've I, been trained I've, I've to grown, gravitate. I've grown this, up right? with that. I've heard it all my life. I'm I'm a real Lutheran, so I just gravitate toward the gospel. <laughs> you, you know. There's a name for that. <laughs> there's two. Let me name them: uh, gospel reduction. There's one of them. Yeah. Antinomianism. <laughs> uh, that's right. I wear the second badge with pride. The I, first know, one, I, I, I know you do. We're working on that. The first really one I, I see is uh, 1960s dinosaurs, but this uh, now now I would yeah. see I would beg to disagree on the basis of this thesis that one is an orthodox teacher, not preacher, right. not preacher. Um, obviously, uh, I, I agree with you in the distinction that preaching is proclamation, which I would encapsulate in the one little word "you." That that uh, when when one is preaching, and one can preach in Bible class too. Sure. I mean, have you ever yeah. kind of found yourself going into preaching mode? That's you know, I'm more of a preacher than a teacher. Yeah. I'm convinced. Now you know when you're scribbling on the board and showing PowerPoint slides, and and you're talking about things. You know, it's kind of like the difference between talking about the gospel and preaching the gospel. Mm-hmm. The, when you preach the gospel or the law, you are saying you. It, it's right. it's God addressing people by His Word. And saying, you know, you the sinner, you right. the justified. Yes, you know, you 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 know, you you are a sinner, you are justified in Christ. Um, but that you language is, you know, your sins are forgiven you. Right. Um, that's proclamation. Whereas to say, uh, you know, Jesus died for sinners. Um, that's 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 teaching. That's that you know, you're basically articulating concepts. Well, if you said Jesus died for sinners, of which you were one, then you could be then, a good Calvinist. Ex- well, well no, <laughs> no, actually, but you in in the in the terms of what we're talking about, you're you're actually moving into proclamation right, right. mode. Yeah, and and like I was saying to Paula last night, was that preaching has a direct application to the hearer more than teaching doesn't necessarily have that direct application to you are forgiven for the sake of Jesus Christ. Preaching should tell you you are forgiven, and that's what you're saying. Yeah, is there's that I, that uniqueness for of the whole thing. Uh, but yeah, that, then but then I then I disagree. I think even in teaching, one has to always maintain and sometimes explicitly point out the distinction of the law and gospel. Here's the distinction I would make, preaching and teaching. In preaching, the proper distinction of the law and the gospel is implicit. It's like the studs in the wall of your house. Mm -hmm. It holds the whole thing up, but you don't talk about it. You do it. Right. In teaching, you actually talk about it, and you make it explicit so people kind of understand what's going on behind the scenes in your head or or what the underlying theology is. But, you know, that's more talking about the proper distinction along the gospel than actually doing it. Now, I don't know about you, but when I was in seminary, we'd go work through the critical apparatus in the Greek, and and it seemed like you could spend 10 weeks on a book of the Bible and never really get around to the gospel nuggets in it. You'd spend all your time in the syntax and all sorts of other things. And you would almost have to drag the gospel nuggets out because you're you're just distracted with the structures and the history and everything else. Well, Did you have that kind of experience? Oh, uh, I, I don't know if it was exactly that experience. I, I do remember spending a lot of time in textual analysis, in, in what we call exegesis. Right. And, and you know, exegesis is basically asking the question, what does the text say? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and it says what it said. You know, the, 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 these words haven't changed. The, the meaning hasn't changed. It, it basically, and it means what it means or what it meant. Um, but how it applies and what we do with it, that's another question. That's, that's kind of the preaching question. Right. And I agree. We spent a lot of time 
um, massaging the text, which mm-hmm. is good because that's all we've got. That's our raw material. Right. Um, but we didn't, in my opinion, we, we didn't spend a lot of time uh, moving from that kind of research to proclamation, is, is how does one proclaim the text? Right, yeah. Uh, which I think tends to make for somewhat uh, didactic and dry sermons. Um, you hear that so student sermons generally are, are, are like that. They, 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 they talk about the text. And it, it's, I, I remember one of my, my, um, my homiletics professors, the Sainted uh, Dan Picorni, mm-hmm. who uh, is now with the Lord, um, but who said, you know, when, when you're done with all your, your spade and shovel work, uh, would, would you please leave your dirty tools in the shed and, and put a clean, <laughs> clean pair of shoes before you get in the pulpit? In other words, we don't want to know the parsing of every Greek word. You know, like the John MacArthur sermon, where it's right. just, he's basically just kind of going through a lexicon with you, and uh, and you're supposed to be impressed that he knows the well, Greek. And no, you I, I you you should be impressed with him because he has his own Bible with his own name on it, the MacArthur Bible. <laughs> nice, yes. So. Well, know, he's, I, he's, he's I simply have God's word. He's, 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 he's productive. I, I'll, I'll grant you that. <laughs> and and this is no comment whatsoever on his content. That that's different entirely. But I do, I do just just in terms of style, that his his teaching slash preaching style is is didactic. Yeah, that and, means instructive for those of you who <laughs> from, haven't been a seminary. Or... <laughs> I'd, I'd name some town, but then I'd insult somebody. So right. I'm just not going to say that. Right. But but. Uh, um, but I, you know, the point of this thesis, I think, is whenever we approach the scriptures, we have to approach it not. There are really two questions on on the table: is is one is is what we're saying biblical? Is it from the, the Bible? You know, mm-hmm. can you can you draw this conclusion or whatever from the words of Scripture themselves? And secondly, does it properly distinguish the law and the gospel? Mm. See, see, and I would say that that if it doesn't, then you'll miss the Christ center of everything, right? Because because Christ is the center of Scripture, His work and our works must be distinguished. Otherwise, you don't get it. You, you just won't get it. Rufus, the the mailman just came. So ah, now yes. Rufus is all worked up. The, the whole the, the whole household activity is just just. <laughs> he's like a run, running commentary on everything that happens yes, in he, the he house. He gets all worked up. <laughs> <laughs> That's never seen a dog and a cat. A cat would track the same things, but really wouldn't say much about. No comment. Well, they wouldn't care as long as it doesn't affect them directly. Right. Just kind of sit. This and, place can burn down. I don't care. And then just kind I'm of protecting it. Spontaneously lick themselves or woof a hairball. <laughs> you know. That's that's really. <laughs> That's really about it. See, but for a dog, this is this is his domain. Oh, it is, and, and I am his god as far as he's concerned. <laughs> yes, you are. So, so he has two things. I am his god. This is his domain. He must protect it. And Paula is his woman. So, uh-huh. he, yeah, so he's in love so with he's, her. He's, he's he's a ladies' man. Yes, is he? yes. yeah, he's a total mama's boy. Uh, let's go back to this. Only he is an Orthodox teacher who not only presents all articles of faith in accordance with Scripture, but also rightly distinguishes from each other law and gospel. There are, and I probably fall into this category at times, and I know I have in the past especially, where we get so worked up over our confessions of faith and knowing every article in the Augsburg Confession and what it means and having it memorized and able to grill other pastors and assume that they look like idiots if they don't know, because obviously I do. And of course, what I didn't realize is I'm the idiot, but that's beside the point. But if you miss the gospel and and the law and the gospel, the gospel in the wider sense, 
You, you're pretty much nothing better than just a dictionary. <laughs> well, that's it. I mean, you, you, if you have not preached Christ crucified and risen for the justification of the sinner, yeah. then it's not really uniquely Christian. Right. And, uh, or you have made Christianity into just another variation on the theme of religion. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think that's, that's, that's what lies at the heart of this thesis, is that unless our works and Christ's work are clearly distinguished then we're not going to get the main point of the scriptures, that God justifies the ungodly. Right. And you know, that's what the book of Romans is about, I think, is, is that Paul, who is schooled in, in the Pharisaic interpretation of the Torah, mm-hmm. which is, you know, the, the, the Pharisaic understanding is that the Torah is a Torah of works, and, and that by doing these works, one is justified before God. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, Paul says, no, that's a total misunderstanding that the Torah is a Torah of faith, faith in the promise and not of works. And, and through faith in the promise, one upholds the Torah. One actually keeps the law by trusting that the law is kept. Mm. See, and, and, and that's, that's, that's the whole sort of main thesis of, of the book of Romans, which is really that, you know, that's kind of the Magna Carta of the New Testament. That's what summarizes all of Christian doctrine in the New Testament and why the law and the gospel are so, that they must be distinguished. Now, I've heard Galatians being called the Magna Carta of the New Testament. Yeah, no, no, sorry. Got to go with Romans. Here, here's here's Gal- why. Galatians is pretty much in your face law and gospel also, though, it is. with the Judaizers and everything. And, and you know, one of the things that's really cool, we just started Galatians, uh, is that Paul doesn't exchange any niceties at the beginning of the book of Galatians like he does in all of his other letters. I commend you for being, you know, nice folks and for washing each other's dogs and mowing each other's lawns, etc. But in Galatians, Paul just, he's bent and he goes straight for the jugular. You know, right. who's, who's beguiled you? You idiots, you know. What is very, it's, it's very emotional. It's a very rhetorical letter. Uh, yeah. Romans is not as rhetorical. No, it's not. Uh, Romans actually reads like a very well-worked-out treatise that, that's probably been, been, you know, he and Tertullus probably sort of went back and forth. Would mm-hmm. you read, read that back to me a second time? Mm-hmm. Um, there's lots of... Uh, there's lots of language of logic in in Romans, you know. Therefore, a lot of lot of therefores, which which indicates that there's a, a progressive argument being made. Mm-hmm. Whereas in Galatians, it's it's really an, an exercise in 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 rhetoric. Uh, you know, there are arguments made uh, biblically, there are arguments made logically, there are arguments made emotionally. You you, right. you refer to the emotional. How can yeah. you do this to it's, me? It, you know, no, it's a very passionate letter. Oh yeah, yeah. The the other problem that I have with Galatians, I mean, if you can have problems with Galatians, note that, folks. Swirla has, has a problem, problem with, with the Galatians. Bible, with the Bible in general. <laughs> yes, gonna... I have a colleague who every every Bible study that he has, it's always titled the same thing: the problem with or problems <laughs> with problems with First Corinthians, problems with. It's like, man, does every book of the Bible just have problems? What? But the problem with Galatians also is that the the issue is very narrow. And that is the circumcision of the Gentile. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And so one could one could be easily misled into thinking that the work that is being being talked about are the ceremonial works of the law, particularly circumcision, mm-hmm. and not not just simply works in general. That is the works commanded by the uh, commandments. I see where you're going with that? Whereas in in um, Romans, no doubt about it. Well, Romans is also a much longer 
epistle. Yes. Mm. See, the thing is, there's no occasion. He doesn't even know the Romans. He knows people in those churches. Uh, He wants missionary money from them so he can go Mm -hmm. to Spain. But he's kind of—this is an advance letter to his his anticipated visit. Right. So they know that he's he's solid. They know what he's teaching in that. So that's why I like Romans a little bit better. But Romans is unambiguous that faith is set over and against works of any sort. Right. Which is why Luther could say faith alone. I'm not arguing the superiority of one over the other. But I am. You make a good point. <laughs> if I had a choice, I'd have Romans. Okay. You know, three books. I of, probably would too. But if if I had if I if I could have one book of the Bible, it would be Romans. If I could have a second book, it would be John. If I could have a third, it would be the Psalms, probably. I'm just pondering that. Just saying. I'd go with Revelations and uh, Revelation and James. You got personally. caught there. I did. You I got almost, caught. See my old you Calvary did, Chapel you background. You did the Revelations I, thing. I, oh, yes. And I'm always correcting people on that this one. This was a great day right it. here. It's right there. Revelation re- Recorded episode 87, part B of the God Whisperers. I caught myself, though. No frills. Nobody corrected me. I corrected Revelations. myself. <laughs> All right. Sweet. Hey, listen to this from Walter yeah. here. Under this thesis, I, I love I love Walter. Actually, I, you know, I we talked about it in break. There, there are times when Walter really ticks me off. Oh, yeah. I mean, I got problems with some of the stuff he writes here, but check this out. He says, um, he says, Scripture requires that we have the Word of God absolutely pure and unadulterated, and that we be able to say when coming down from the pulpit, now listen carefully to see if you can say this, okay? I could take an oath upon it that I have rightly preached the word of God. Even to an angel coming down from heaven, I could say my preaching has been correct. That explains the paradox remark of Luther that a preacher must not pray the Lord's Prayer when coming down from the pulpit, but that he should do so before the sermon. (laughs) (laughs) Forgive me my trespasses, since he can say I have proclaimed the pure truth. In our day, men have become merged in. It, 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 it should be in our in our day, men have become immersed in skepticism, to such an extent that they regard anyone who sets up the aforementioned claim as a semi lunatic. <laughs> <laughs> now he's he's got in mind the the sort of the German skeptic of the nineteenth century. You know, the age of rationalism and reason and all of this, where one says, you know, I can never fully know the truth, so I'm always kind of a work in progress. Mm-hmm. And uh, and therefore, everything that I say is kind of provisional. I may change my mind tomorrow or see this in a new way or something mm. like that. So so that's that's really what he's going against uh, in this particular, this, this sort of salvo. You, you know, people often, often ask me, D'Onofrio, how do you live with yourself? And, well, and yeah, I, you know, I ask you that. And, and I, I, I say, <laughs> I can live with myself reasons. because on Sunday afternoons, more often than not, I can look myself in the mirror on Sunday afternoon and say... I told sinners about their Savior today. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say that I rightly exegeted the passage, but I'm going to say I told them that they're sinners, and I told them about their Savior. And so I can look myself in the eye. Now, the rest of the week I can't, yeah, but, you know, yeah, on Sunday afternoons I feel pretty okay about that, more often than not. Now, is, yeah. is, is that kind of what we're talking about here? Is I, I mean, it seems like Walter is saying... Proper exegesis is good, and you should be doing proper exegesis, but the distinguishing of the law and the gospel and proclaiming the gospel to sinners is what's most important here. Or am I just misreading the whole thing? 
Um, I, I think what he's saying basically is is that um, j- just getting say the exegesis right is not enough. Right. It's 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 just simply not enough. Now, in the the passage that I read, he's basically taking on people to say, "Hey, you you can't even figure out what the you, you can't really know what the scriptures are saying." Yeah. You know, that's always a that's always a, a kind of an ongoing uh, bit of discovery. You know, on on the one hand, there's an element of truth in that. Can, can you honestly say when you step down out of when you come home on Sunday, can you honestly say, "Man, you know, doctrinally speaking, I nailed that. That was a that was a perfect sermon." Well, if gospel proclamation is 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 that then I can like I said more often than not probably say yes I proclaim the gospel today and that's what I'm called to do. Um, one of my friends said that the, pastors the, are the law too. The gospel in the wider sense is the law. In the oh gospel. oh oh, we're in the wide sense. Right. I love that. Yeah, that's, that's so, yeah. see that's the the <laughs> weasel words there. But one of my friends, I, I like what he said. He said a pastor is supposed to be like a Pez dispenser. You pull back his head and you get a gift. Oh. No, I like that. Those always look weird to me, didn't they? Those little Pez dispensers. I look weird to you. No, but but I mean, I thought that was just like really bizarre. They, were, they come out of your neck. I know it mouth. comes out of the guy's neck as yeah, you twist kinda, it backwards. But. but I like the analogy, nonetheless. Even though, <laughs> considering my my voice box is in my neck here, that's not infrequently. This happens, he says, in sermons of students. Student sermons. There are found in them comforting remarks like these. It is all by grace. And then we're told we must do works. And then again, with our works, we cannot gain salvation. There's no order in a sermon of this kind. Nobody understands it, least of all the person who needs it most. There must be a proper division of law and gospel. Be careful to follow this rule in writing your sermons. Perhaps for once the words veritably flowed into your pen, but I would advise you to read your sermon over and over and see whether you have rightly divided law and gospel. For then you may often discover that there is where you made a mistake. In that case, your sermon is wrong, even though it contains no false doctrine. <laughs> Most interesting. <clears throat> Most interesting. And, and you know, I would agree with that. And that's, I think that's what you're saying. You're saying that, that uh, uh, well, you're kind of saying it differently. You're saying, yeah, I'm a, there, there may be mistakes in, in I, I may not have parsed a Greek word right. Right, yeah. Um, but or the, maybe the, even I missed one of the uh, underlying, you know, currents underneath this passage or something. But I, I feel as though, isn't it Luther that basically said that uh, sometimes you have to beat the, the text against a rock until the gospel comes out? I, I don't know. Or was that someone I, else? That's, those, those are all those apocryphal things. that was a Dalai Lama. I don't I know where remember. this prayer comes from, but, but uh, you know, I heard it, and I think it's, it's kind of the prayer that I have. I like Luther's sacristy prayer, you know, before going into the pulpit. Yeah, where, that's a good Where he one. says, basically, I'm paraphrasing, you know, I've done all that I can do, now do something good with it. <laughs> or, or if this was if this was left entirely in our hands, we would bring it to ruin. Right. Um, I think that's the right attitude. But, but I also, my, my attitude at the end of the day is, is that if there was anything wrong said, may it be quickly forgotten. You know, because because I think in the flurry of words, especially where each word is not written out, I, I don't know. Do you preach off a manuscript? Or do you I preach, preach off kind of an extended outline. Yeah. I mean, in those flurry of words, Walter clearly has in mind here something where every word is worked out. Uh, in, in, that, in that kind of flurry, uh, there's going to be stuff said that, that's probably not 100% bang on. Yeah, and I've had to... Uh... 
retract statements before. Oh, have you ever done a retraction? (laughs) Well, I haven't. I don't know if I've pretty much said last week I told you this and that was wrong. I did once. But, uh, you know, after church, sometimes I've been uh, approached on a few things that I've said and and uh, there have been times where I said, well, you know, I, I really misspoke or I, I thought ill there. You know, I didn't quite think right. So there, you know, there have been a couple of times where I've had to kind of reel it back in. Since you mentioned it, and, and some of our commenters have mentioned this too, I want to bring this up. Second uh, Timothy 2.15, because Walter cites this as one of the, uh, the, the passages to talk about the distinction of the law and the gospel. Um, and that passage reads, um, show yourself, uh, study to show thy, I'll, I'll read, this is King James, I think, uh, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Mm. Okay. And, and so, and, and I, I grew up with hearing that, right, rightly dividing the word of truth. Now the RSV, the, the, <laughs> to, to pull a, a John, uh, John MacArthur here, the, the, the Greek, uh, is is ortho what is it here? Or, ortho tomao ortho tomao is is the the verb for translated in King James rightly dividing. Um, RSV said rightly handling. Tomao. I'm I'm trying to remember tomao. To t uh, it's tomao not tim not not a, not as an honor but but uh, ortho tomao, um, and and uh, it's uh, it's from orthos and temno. And and it's found um, it's basically found only in the Septuagint translation of uh, Proverbs, a couple of Proverbs. But what it means is to cut a straight path, or to basically basically to to um, well, here I'll, I'll just read it. to cut a road across country uh, that is otherwise difficult or forested in a straight direction, so that the traveler can attain directly to his destination. Hmm. That's that's the kind of the feel now. In uh, in in this, it probably means to to uh, to to basically take the word of truth along a straight path or to expound it rightly. Um, I like the passage a lot because it's a craftsman passage, uh, <laughs> a, a workman who is not ashamed of his work, an ergetes, um, and and I like that image of of preacher as craftsman. Right, you know that that uh, and our raw material. It's like a woodworker. The raw material is wood, and you respect the grain, the contour, the figure of the wood. Uh, in preaching, the raw material, the material is the word of God, and and like a workman respects his material and doesn't try to make it do something it's not going to do, it's not intended to do. Uh, so the 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 preacher um, is a is a skilled craftsman who rightly handles the word of truth. Right, and and here Walter says this distinction between the law and the gospel is the supreme art among Christians. So it kind of goes along with what you're saying. That right, but but here's here's my point though. He Walter says the term ortho to main in this text, which has been rendered by rightly dividing, is plainly used in a metaphorical sense. It is derived either from the action of priests when dividing the sacrificial offerings. I don't know where he gets that from. Hmm. Or from that of the head of a family when he apportions food and drink to the members of his household. See, so he's into dividing things. And, and I, it's been my, I've been maintaining this all along that we don't divide the law and the gospel. Right. We properly distinguish, distinguish it. Distinguish, absolutely. And in properly distinguishing it, we rightly handle it. 
See that that's that's the thing, and and I think he gets this from Luther. Luther says the same thing, but but the idea is somehow that that law and gospel are to be divided like the sacrificial offerings or like food and drink at the table. Um, that's not the that's not where this word goes. So here's an example I think of of a misfire in exegesis, but nonetheless the point remains correct. You know, and that is, if you if you do not distinguish law and gospel, you are not rightly handling the word of truth. Right. But you can't use that passage to demonstrate that the word is a divided word. <laughs> yeah, and I kind of I, I I got in a discussion with a couple of parishioners recently, and I I had to kind of backpedal on something that I said. I said, well, that's a law passage. Mm. Um, are there such things as law passages and gospel passages that don't? Contain both. You know, somebody challenged me either in an email or a comment on on this, saying, uh, "Didn't you appear on a show once?" And I think it was Table Talk Radio, where the the game was law or gospel, right? And so there'd be these passages shot back and forth, and and I don't remember how that show went, but I would never devise a game like that. Um, I, I would say that passages present a law edge or a gospel edge, right? But and it depends what you mean. Are you looking at an isolated verse or the first half of a verse? I don't even remember the text. But you know, I, even if you look at the Ten Commandments, "You shall have no other god before me," that's a law passage. But what's the gospel there? You get to have a god. Well, right. And, and in its native <laughs> in its native context, the first word of the ten words, if you number them according to the Hebrew text, is gospel. Right. I am Yahweh your God who brought you out of Egypt. So, so that's that's really the first, and it's nothing. It's nothing we do. It's something he did. Absolutely. Now we do something different with the Ten Commandments, just to just to be able to teach on the law narrowly. But but see, even there, that passage, which which you know in in the Hebrew is ten words, is both law and right. gospel. So yeah, it, it's it's one of those things. Speaking of, you're just talking about retractions. Do you ever go back uh, with with members to the uh, manuscript or the the audio recording? To, oh yeah, you yeah. do. I've, I've had to do that a couple of times. Yeah, I never do. Were there there? You said uh, no. I didn't say that. I, I never do. I, here's my practice: is what did you hear? That's all that's important. Yeah. Is what did you hear? I I don't even want to review what was said because that's not important. What you heard and what you remembered, let's start there. And that that takes away a lot of discussion. Well, this show is a memory. We're done. (laughs) What what did we say? I don't know. (laughs) We'll see you next time on The God Whispers. Jesus is a friend of mine. Jesus is my friend. Jesus is a friend of mine. I have a friend in Jesus. Jesus is a friend of mine. Jesus is my friend. Jesus is a friend of mine. Taught me how to live my life as it should be.